0: Good morning. All right, how many have bought their exercise equipment already? Signed up for the gym? Promised to lose 10 pounds? Only 10, Only 10. I don't know, I don't I don't know, I don't know. I, every year I promise that I'm going to gain some muscle mass, that I'm going to do a sit-up, <laughs> that I'm going to watch somebody work out in the gym or something like that. I fail at that every year, uh, what do you do, what do you do? <clears throat> I wish I had the, the ability to help you on, on any of that stuff, because New Year's, we always think about, oh, it's time to start, you know, we're going to, it's time to lose weight. Uh, all the things that, that I failed at last year, I'm going to do this year, it's going to, I'm just, it's going to rock, man, it's going to be good. Um, and the reality is, like, what, how many last usually a month? Anybody a month? How many last two months? How many give up before a month? Anybody? That's, that's usually me. <clears throat> my biggest weakness, well, one of my big, I have a lot of them, but my biggest weakness is from that nine o'clock period till like one o'clock when I go to bed or something like that. It's like I've never seen food in my life. <laughs> and um I have a name they call me at home, my wife refers to me as a billy goat, and um, it's because it doesn't matter, I mean, I might be going, man, I am so full, I just can't eat anything, and then I sit down and I'm like, I think we have some Chinese food in the refrigerator, I'm going to grab that real quick, and um, the worst thing I think I ever did um that she gave me a hard time was, I'm very extreme on almost everything that I do. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to do it or I'm just not going to do it. Any, any other extreme people out there? I, I, she made some fudge. I love fudge. Ah, oh, just chocolate fudge. Oh, it's amazing. It, when we get to heaven, we're going to have that. That's going to be there. We just won't have cavities or weight gain or anything like that. Um, so it's going to be amazing. It is. Um, <clears throat> she made some, and I was like halfway through this huge bag of it, and I just had reached my discipline point of going, I just can't. I can't have this anymore. And I zipped the bag up, and I threw it in the trash, and I'm like, yeah, that's just it. And you can applaud me and go, yeah, way to have discipline. I think it was an hour later, I went back to that trash can, and she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, Hey, it is in a bag. It's a Ziploc bag. If there's nothing, I don't care what you think about me. I'm like, uh, I don't, you know. So I can't be the one, I can't be the one that helps you on that discipline thing. I, I, I wish I could, man. Um, but if I can do anything, I want to encourage you, um, for this next year on running a race. Um, and we're going to look at a scripture here from Hebrews twelve one through 2, and it says this, "...therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith." for uh, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the of the throne of God i love this that that as the writer of hebrews is sharing this he's doing it in a way that that it, simple guys like me get it because he's doing it in a way they, a picture of what they understand. They understood racing. The Olympics kind of comes from that time and comes from that, that place. And so they understood when he's talking about a picture of a racer, they could grasp that picture. I, I love that right now there seems to be a, a super height um, of interest in 5Ks. How many, how many have run a 5K? All right. How many have just got the t-shirt? All didn't run it. Anybody? <laughs> Sometimes I just order it because I like, oh, that's a cool looking t-shirt. Did you run that? No, but I got the t-shirt. How do you like that? Um, I do like to run them. Um, I don't consider myself like in shape or an athlete or anything like that, but 5Ks make you feel like, I can do this. I can do it. But um, how many have ever done the, the turkey trot? Um, they're in, in, it's great. The Thanksgiving morning, downtown Lansing is shut off. You get to run with... Uh, I don't know, th- over a thousand people, I believe, is what it is. Um, it's an amazing run. The athletes are all at the front. These these antelope looking guys and girls are all at the front. Like ah, me with my fudge, I'm in the back, and <laughs> I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm here, I'm here, I got my t-shirt. Um, and a couple of years ago when I ran it, I I felt good, you know, I'm I'm doing pretty good. And um, they actually dress up in this one. They they will dress up like anything to do with Thanksgiving. So you'll have pilgrims, or you'll have turkeys and all that stuff. And I thought, oh, that's so cute. I mean, that's cool. It's, It's really cute and cool till a turkey passes you. And you're like, okay, that's a little humiliating right there. And then as I'm into, like, this long stretch, I think I'm doing pretty good. And then I have a pilgrim pushing a stroller that passes me. And I know, okay, maybe I'm in trouble here. I'm like, oh, God, it's a little humiliating. But the the idea of races, I like. I like these things that that are fun to do. They make all kinds of five Ks now. There's one that I do that is, um, oh, the Warrior Dash, and you get to you get to play in the mud. Um, you get to jump over fi- all this like non-athletic or it it makes you look like an athlete but you're really not I can do all that stuff and so it's fun to jump over the fire to to go through you swim through all this junk you you go oh man it's it's an amazing thing but I look at that and I'm like when the writer of Hebrews is talking about this he is talking about stuff like this he's talking about this race that is set before us and it is this race of faith. It is being in this faith. And so that's what I want you to get a picture of. When we're referring to the race, it is not the human race. It is this race of faith that we are trying to complete. And so today I just want to encourage you as we look at this, and, um, or at least hope to encourage you. And, and the first one is this. I want you to, to comprehend. The race is possible to complete. When I got to my first warrior dash, I remember seeing pictures like this. There would be people just coated in mud. And I looked at their body types, and yes, I was judging quite a bit. And there were all shapes and sizes that were coated with mud. From the very athletic guy that, of course, has to have his shirt off. I don't know why, but he has to have his shirt off. (laughs) To the person that this is his first time out of the office, you can tell. And he's still, they completed it. And I looked at that and I'm like, I was so excited because I wasn't at either extreme. I was in the middle. I'm like, I could do this. Yeah, Yeah, I can do this. I can do more than just get the t-shirt. I can complete this. And I love this because in this Hebrew section here in 12, when he's talking about this great cloud of witnesses, he's referring to chapter 11 which is that chapter before, because remember, there there were no chapters. We did that to, to make it easier to read. So he's referring to what he had just written about these heroes of faith, is what they call it. So this great cloud of witnesses would be all those that have completed this race, and now they're kind of like observing us, going, you can do it. But I like when I look in that list that there are no superheroes in that list. In chapter 11, I looked for Iron Man, I looked for Batman, I looked for Superman, I looked for Wonder Woman, I looked for all... There, there were just people that became heroes of faith. There, they were just like you and me. And I like that because this race is doable. That's what that says to me. Nothing is more disappointing to me than to find something that 5% can complete Some of you are those extreme people that love, like, oh, only 5% can do it? I'm going to do it. I want to almost, like, guarantee that I can succeed in this. You know, I want to know it. I I just want to know. In this race, he's talking about there is this crowd that has already completed it. It's doable. You can do this. This year, as you're thinking about faith and everything, I want you to know that it's not just the spiritual people that can do it. It is not just those that are the superheroes. You are in that list. You can do this. God set it up for your success. So when we look at this, we can complete it. The next thing that I want us to really know is that this is a tough race. It's not going to be a race that is completed very quickly, and it's not going to be easy. I had... A while back, I had my wife run the turkey trot with me, and um, we she she 'd seen me go to the five ks and she 'd taken um, friends with us to go and make fun of me as we were there because it 's good family activity like that um, and so we would do that, and she always would tell me that the only race that if you ever see her running, it'd be like running from the car to the house, that's it. And it's going to be raining, or somebody's going to be chasing her, because she's not going to run any other way. And so maybe that is is what you are like. That um, You look at the race and go, yeah, you know, that's the only kind of race that I want to be. I want us to really understand on faith that it is going to take some real endurance, to win this race and to finish this race, it says, "Let us run with endurance." I think sometimes we get the wrong expectation. When you go into something, when I went into the Warrior Dash, I knew that it was going to be hard. Not because well, I'd watch the videos and I'd watch people get beat up in it and stuff, um, but I I watched or I got a, a a waiver that I had to sign, and it was like all these things that could possibly happen to you. And I'm like, oh my goodness. There's even this one that said, if a, if a rabid animal came out of the woods and bit you on the leg, you're okay with that. And I'm like, oh, well, I don't know. I, I don't feel that I'm okay with that. Um, we've got to prepare. We've got to know what we're getting into. And I think sometimes maybe maybe we, we look at it wrong. Maybe the, the latest Christian trend or book or speaker or whatever is selling it in, in, a, in a very unrealistic package because sometimes we go into faith believing that all I got to do is I I walk with Christ and my life magically gets better. I mean it's just no I don't have problems. It everything just is like how we say fluffy bunnies and unicorns. It's just like oh yes. When we look at this race, <laughs> when we look at this race that we are in, sometimes we lose hope. Because we go into it thinking that this is how it should be. It should be magical and it should be wonderful and God's going to protect me from everything. And the reality is that scripture doesn't speak to that. I want you to look at this. Hebrews 11, 36 through 37 says this. He's talking about these people that were the heroes of faith. And he, he says this about them. Some of them were jeered at. Um, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prison. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. And others were killed with a sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goat, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. Then Paul in Second Corinthians 11, he talks about what he goes through um, trying to sell us on this race here. He says, I have worked harder, been put in prison more often, been whipped time without number, Faced death again and again, five different times. The Jewish leaders gave me thirty-nine lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent the whole night and day adrift at the sea, or at sea. I have traveled on many long journeys. I have faced dangers from rivers and robbers. I have faced dangers from my own people, the Jews, as well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger. In the cities, in the deserts, and in the sea. Um, I have faced danger from men who claim to be believers but are not. I have worked hard and long, enduring many sleepless nights. I have been hungry and thirsty and have often gone without food and have shivered in the cold without enough clothing to keep me warm. How many understand sometimes the Bible is just a little too real? Paul didn't tell me anything that I'm wanting to jump into. But in the middle of this race, sometime this year, you are going to feel that life is just not fair. You are going to feel that everything that you maybe had was excited about January 1st, as you looked forward, and this is what I'm going to do, you're, you're going to feel pain. You're going to feel anger. Paul said, man... The situations that I went through, sometimes I was adrift at the sea. Sometimes I I was sleepless. How many are sleepless sometimes? Hey, there's some scriptural stuff going on there. He says, I was cold. I I was hungry. I I was in prison. I was forsaken by the very people that I thought were going to get my back. They attacked me. Guess what? God has not forsaken you. You are living out Scripture. You are living out God working in your life. Now, that may not sell it, but what I want to keep you from is going in the middle of this journey, you get hit with something and you go, oh my goodness, did I sin? Oh my goodness, did God forsake me? This is a man of God that we look at as a superhero, Paul, and he said, this was my life that I was in prison, that I was beaten, that I was betrayed. And you know something? You read further on in Scripture, and he'll tell you, I'm not even worthy to suffer the stuff that I'm suffering. He goes, God, is so amazing that I'm not even worthy to suffer the, the stuff that I'm going through. And yet it's such an honor to do it because of the great love that God has for me. I can't comprehend that. Yet there's something about in the middle of our life that God is there working even when you feel like maybe He's not. So this year, when things begin to unravel, uh, when you have a sick kid or a a marriage struggling or whatever it may be, finances, and you go, Well, God, I'm following you like I never have before. Man, it's scripture. God hasn't forsaken you. Uh, You're not, you're not doing something wrong, it is, this is the life that God said you're going to face some days. But in the middle of it, he's going to show that he is there. I've never never heard great hero stories unless they were in the middle of battle or having to face something hard. I don't want to be a hero at all. I don't want those stories because I don't want the hard times. But yet, to find out the strength of God... You've got to be at your weakest. You've got to be in the middle of stuff. And so understand, this year as you're facing this race, you are going to have some rabid dogs come out of the woods and bite you on the ankle. You are going to have some people that betray you. You are going to have some hurtful times. And yet God is right there with you in the middle of it, even if you don't understand what's going on. I pray that you would just continue the race. I challenge you to continue the race. Uh, the, the scripture right before this says this. says, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. A lot of times we go right to this scripture that talks about the sin and we deal with that. And I think that's really important that we own our sin. I've said this before when I preach. You've got to own your sin. There's something this year that you are battling with, that you battled with last year, probably. There's sins that that easily entangle us. We've got to deal with those. We've got to own them. And if we are going to endure, we have to be men and women of character. Sometimes we we get the racing gear and we look like a racer, but we don't practice the run and we don't practice the discipline. And we don't understand why this just isn't working out. It's not enough just to have the runner's clothes and the runner's apparel and the runner's equipment. I've gotta have the discipline. And I've gotta suffer in that discipline as I do it. This is part of that. And so when I look at this, how do I endure? I, I love that I think character is who you are when no one's looking. And if you are going to endure, you have to allow God to work on that person. Not to pretend to be the person that you want to be, not to pretend to be the person that God wants you to be or that somebody else wants you to be. You've got to own that person you are when no one is looking. It is said, we've got to deal with that sin that so easily entangles us. We've got to own that, and we've got to be men and women of character. It's not going to be by our cry and, and oh, look how great our church is or whatever. People want to see that this stuff is real in our life. And I think we have to do that. We have to deal with that sin. But I back up to that, the little portion of scripture right before that, because I think sometimes we, we kind of overlook this. It says, let us lay aside every weight. Now, back in this day, in the, some of the, like the original Olympic days, what would they wear for clothing on running? Anybody? Nothing. Yeah, nothing. I'm glad that I didn't show up to the turkey trot my first time and realize, oh, I was supposed to wear nothing. I'm like I am so thankful for for the engineered clothing that of light shoes and and shorts. Even though I don't like those little runner shorts that they wear, hey, that's cool. Um, I, I'm so glad that we're not not doing that. But the idea is that if as a runner to go the furthest distance, you don't want to be carrying stuff. You want to strip off as much weight as you can. Push that weight off. And so when I look at this, it, that weight could be fear. He just, says, he just says, let us lay aside every weight. Another version says, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. Um, I, I want to encourage us today because I think, I think sometimes that weight is fear. Sometimes that weight may be something else. One of the biggest things that I think in the church when I talk to people is that the weight of trying to live out this faith as somebody else would do it. And not just being yourself. There is a a way that we run that maybe we're ashamed of. We run this race and they're like, oh, well, Bob would run it better. Or they would do this. You've got to run this race with your style, the way that God created you to run. I always tell Kelly, I'm like, I when I'm running or doing anything like that, I'm like, Just don't, I hope nobody sees me out there. I always hate when somebody's like, hey, Buzz, I saw you. I'm like, oh, no, they saw me. I'm like, oh. Because I picture myself as one of these guys, and it just depends on what day it is. Um, So running, though, in your style. When I look at this, so many times we, we pick up the latest book or we pick out a person that we admire or whatever it is, and we try to run in their style. And we have to understand to lose that weight that is very oppressive, That will be so heavy that you will not finish this race In fact, you may just make it a month this year in the race To do the endurance thing we have to learn how do I run this the way god Intended and that is running it as you are running in your style And I think this is how we do it. You need to run your race course not somebody else Says let us run with endurance the race that is set before us running your course Not somebody else's. Galatians 2, 7 through 9, Paul is talking about this. He says, and the leaders of the church had nothing to add to what I was preaching. By the way, the reputation as great leaders um, made no difference to me, for God has no favorites. Verse 7 says, instead, they saw that God had given me the responsibility of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as he had given Peter the responsibility of preaching to the Jews. They had two different works, two different targets that they were doing. For the same God who worked through Peter as the apostle to the Jews also worked through me as an apostle to the Gentiles. One writer says this, David wasn't waiting for his burning bush moment. Esther wasn't seeking to free her people by threatening various plagues. Daniel didn't try to build a huge ark and escape the evil world around him. These individuals didn't follow a common path to be obedient to God. But each ran to finish the race God marked out for them. I think we have to run the race that God has called us to. Your, your race may look totally different than my race. Your passion, the direction that God is leading. But we don't have to be in sync on this. We are called to run what God has laid before us. And it may look pretty different. We also have to allow other people to run their race. I don't know if you're controlling at all, but I'm a little controlling sometimes. And and sometimes I think my way is the best way. And so I, I want you to run the race the way I think it should be run. And the reality is, Scripture is going, you know something? You're not called to be me, and I'm not called to be you. You need to run that race that God has called you to run and run it with your style. And that's number two here, is running it with your style. You need to run with your style. Even if that's an awkward style compared to others, you may feel totally awkward. Don't raise your hand, but how many compare your lives every once in a while? The, well, this is how they would have handled it, and I, I didn't handle it that good. I'm sure that um, Buffy and Joe, they would be praying about this, and here we are screaming at each other. Um, I wish we would have handled it differently. or You know something? You've got to let God work in you in your style. Let God be, if not, you are going to be so full of guilt, so oppressed, that this weight is going to be so heavy. You've got to let God, I think sometimes we don't know who God is because we never really let God be God to us. We try to be whatever we think everybody else wants us to be. On this, running in your style, I love this. Um, Galatians one thirteen through 14, Paul says this, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in the zeal for the traditions of my ancestors. This this energy, this Paul is this in your face guy, this extreme guy. How many know people like that? Just, I, uh, you know, everything is like, oh, we're, it's, it's going to be exciting. We're going to do it. Uh, and I'm like, oh, man, it's just chill, dude. That's just chill. Less coffee. Less coffee. That's what you need right there. Huh? Uh, Paul was this intense guy. Paul was, it was my way or the highway guy. This was Paul. And this was not Paul because he was a Christian. This is what we read about. We read, you know, this is what he did. It, it wasn't because he became a Christian, and this is what Christians do. This was Paul's personality before he became a Christian. When he was persecuting the church, he tells us right there, dude, I was the best at what I was doing. In fact, I was I was pushing it with the most zeal that I could. I was above everybody else that was trying. I was the best at this. I'm like, cool. When he became a Christian, guess what? Boom, he jumped right in there to be Paul. He just was Paul. This was the personality, the energy that Paul was, was wired with, his DNA There's another dude that Paul went into ministry with named Barnabas, almost like the total opposite spectrum. This dude was a gentle guy. How many like gentle, patient people? When I, when I left, I was doing ministry for like 20, 21 years, and um, when I started working in construction, um, I had a little bit of background, but not good. Not good. I feel sorry for the guys I'm working with. I still feel sorry for them. Um, but uh, there's a guy that has, has to put up with me all the time, and he has so much patience, um, even, even now, a year and a half later. But I, I look at this, and I'm going, oh, I am so glad that I am placed with this guy. And I look at Paul and Barnabas and go, there were different, different spectrums there, but both of them were the personalities that God had created them to be. Neither was called to be alike. They were powerful in their ministries because they were just them. You need to figure out who you are, not who you want to be, not who somebody else wants you to be. How did God wire you and then allow God to begin to filter that? Now, there's something about passion that can also be very destructive because sometimes we believe that my passion is God's passion. Anybody like that at all? Oh, if I'm excited about it, I'm like that. Um, when I first went to a men's group, a small group, um, it, I was probably like 20 years old, and I knew everything because at 20, you know everything. Um, and so I knew everything, and I was in this small group um, really probably to help them out. They were looking to have me there. Um <clears throat> And I, I was there, and I remember them, we, we went through this whole course and everything like that, and it was cool, and and uh, I was happy they were learning stuff. I was just showing up, and um, they prayed, everybody kind of prayed over everybody and everything like this, and they wrote down things that, and I think, maybe I've shared this before here, but they wrote down things that they felt like God was just saying to you. And the one that I remember was this one, because people would have like they would say great things about these guys oh you are you are like say a barnabas oh what a patient man and you are and i'm like oh that's cool okay we did the get to me yeah yeah cool and i remember like they sent me this little note and then we would just read it and, and they said buzz you are like a fire hose <laughs> like your mama man and like what are you talking about <laughs> this is this isn't this isn't helping me at all and um they said this is what I want you to understand, but you are, you're like a fire hose. Submitted into the hands of God, you will help people. Out of the hands of God, you will destroy lives. Whoa. Like I look back at my 20s, and I'm like, dude, I'm a fire hose. <laughs> I am. I know that. Submitted into the hands of God, you will save lives. On my own, I will destroy lives. I look at your passion or anybody else's passion and I go, think of Moses. He had this passion for freeing his people and he did it with, in his own strength, his own way. Let's just do it. Let's get it done. And it was a catastrophe. It had to be done in God's timing and God's way. Paul comes in, he's amped about God, he's going to do all this stuff. And yet God stopped him in the middle of this going, dude, what are you doing? Why are you attacking my body? They said, well, I thought I was helping you. You're coming against me. Just because you have a passion doesn't mean you have a God passion. That God passion becomes something real when we submit it. I would challenge anybody in here to really remember that fire hose thing because I think a lot of us have great passion and we want to do so much for the kingdom of God but until we submit ourselves and say, God, I don't know how to do this, but I submit it. You know my energy. You know my power. You know everything. And I want to amp it up. You want me to submit it. So I've got to trust you. I think that's where the real power is. And we've got to know that In when we are walking in who we are and our own race, we still need to make sure we are submitted to the hand of God. Does that make sense? All right. You guys are still awake. I love you. How do we do all this? And I think that this is just just so good on this. I Hebrews 12, 2, they just kind of end this little thought here by saying, how do we do this? Looking to Jesus. He is the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It says keeping my eyes on jesus how do i do this it's it's not by keeping my eyes on anybody else it's not by trying to please anybody else it is by keeping my eyes on jesus keeping my eyes on jesus i, I don't know why but i have the ability to to put myself in a total loser bracket so many times when i compare myself to you Ah, oh, i wish i was like them I wish I could pray. I wish I had a family like them. I wish I could pray like them. I wish <laughs> my family's going, what? What are you saying? Uh, how many do that? We do that. We look at it. We the... We've got to know that we are walking this course with God and that Jesus is the author, the beginner, and the perfecter of our faith. We are going to have some hard days. You're going to have some days that you struggle That's just the reality. You're going to have some days that you hurt. You're going to have some things happen in your life that you'll never understand the whys. You'll never understand them. But you have to walk away and go, God, I trust you in the middle of that. I trust you. We are going to have distractions. We're going to have reasons to quit. We're going to have pain. We are going to have anger. We are going to have people forsaking us. But it says, what did he do? keeping my eyes on jesus i love this this is the message and i'm ending with this he says this in the message version he says keep your eyes on jesus who both began and finished this race we're in study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed sometimes i get so distracted by the pain in life or by my expectations in life that i forget there's a big picture And there is a Father God that is out there that I'm striving to connect with at the end of this race. It says, how did he do it? It says, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. The exhilarating finish in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way. The cross, shame, whatever. And it says, now he is there in that place that he made it. He completed that race. I want to encourage you today today that you can complete this race. You are going to have some hard times this next year. There's going to be some things that that may totally blow you away. You are going to fail in some areas. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Keep your eyes on Jesus. I love this story. Um, I looked it up on my phone and I left my phone down there. And it is from the Olympics, I think it was in 1992. Because we think about... Can I make this? What is going on? The Olympics of 1992, there was a runner, and I'm so good at names, I even spaced his name off, but he was real, right? Okay, yeah, he was real. Um, and he was running, and as he was running, he, he blew out a hamstring, I believe is what it was, and he just, if you, for me, I would just crawl to the side and cry. That would be the end of the race for me. I, I'm over, I'm hurt. He just kept going. And he kept trying to go. The camera pans up to the crowd, and out of this crowd is this man coming down. And you're like, "What is, what is going on?" And this, this man comes down, and he has to like fight through the security guards to get down to the track. Nobody knows really what's going on. And he gets down to the track. And it's this guy's dad. And the dad puts his arm around him. And he goes, we're going to make it to the finish line. And he just walks with him. He walks with him injured to the finish line. Dad blows me away. Because the Bible says that we can comprehend human love to a certain extent, but it doesn't even compare to the love of the Father for us. And you have this man coming down out of the crowd to help his injured son. And so many times when I'm injured or failing, I see God looking at me just going, Buzz, what are you doing? Get up, you're a loser. And yet, this human father fought through the crowd to get to this injured son and help him to the finish line. How much more will your heavenly Father... Do this for you. This race you're not alone in. This race, he is very aware of you. You may not feel it in the middle of your circumstances, but he is very aware of you. And so today, I don't know where you are, but I want to give you a chance that if you are here today and you say, you know, I need to know I need to know that Father's love. Maybe you haven't joined the race. Maybe you're in the race, but you are injured and you don't care about the race anymore. If that's you today, and we're not gonna pull you to the front, all I want you to do is stand and I just wanna pray with you right where you are. If it's nobody, that's fine. There's absolutely no pressure and don't feel uncomfortable. But if you're here today and you're going, I need to be encouraged by the Father. I need that today. Would you stand? Anybody? And don't feel pressure, for real. Don't, no pressure. And if you've never joined the race, this is your year. This is your year. God is looking at you, and the Word of God says that He he loves you so much that He sent us... His only begotten Son to lay down his life, not to make you good, but to connect with you. If you haven't joined the race, this is your year to join the race. This is your time. I challenge you to step out and make that real with God, whether it's just you on your own, just saying, God, it's my time. I want to pray with you guys that are standing right now. Lord, I thank you. I thank you, Lord, for today that you have placed us here together, that, Lord, your word is real. And, God, that you want to do something in our lives beyond our circumstances. And so, Father, I pray for all these that are standing today that just need to know that you are real, that just need to feel The arms of the Father come around them, encourage them. God, I pray for those that are wanting to step out of the race, that are so discouraged and beat up, so alone, that you would begin to speak into them even today. Break every lie that the enemy has sold them. Every lie in the name of Jesus, we pray. And Lord, I pray that you would bring people into their lives, that you would speak words into their life, that you would begin to be encouragement and strength for them. And Father, we thank you for your faithfulness during this race. In Jesus' name, amen.